You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. No excuses. Am I right, gentlemen? Am I right, ladies? Those of you that are in the military or have served, you get your orders, you ask no questions, you simply do. Amen. Because the one that commanded you also knows the logistics involved in what he's asking you to do. And God will not put on you anything that he will not enable you through his power to accomplish. He said, only be thou strong and very courageous. If you are in the military and your commanding officer gives you order, it is understood that you will follow the command. Pastor Gary shares with us that we in the same way should be following the orders that Jesus, our captain, has given out. Our mission or co-mission is a great one, and it's to spread the good news of the gospel to our lost and hurting world. To hear is to obey. That means we need to put feet to our faith. Are you being faithful with the mission God has given you? Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Joshua chapter 1 as he continues his message, You Have Ordered. There's nothing in your past is worth forfeiting your future over. And let me say once again emphatically, quit crying and move on for God. Amen, church. Now look at verse number three. He went on and told him, he said, every place. Somebody repeat that with me. One, two, three. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you. In other words, if you can step on it, you can have it. Amen. Uh, As I said unto Moses uh, from the wilderness, and he begins to define it, of this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Uh, Number two, uh, the future is ordered. So we see that the funeral is over, but number two, uh, we see that the future is ordered. It's ordered. He said uh, that you have a promise. Amen. Y'all pray for my voice. You have a promise. You need to know your Bible. These are the times that require us to get well acquainted with the promises and the pages of God's Word. When you get down in the dumps and you're feeling sorry for yourself, you need not look any further than the Scripture for hope and inspiration. Amen. If you'll read this thing long enough seeking the Lord, you will find Him when you seek Him with all of your heart. And He will begin to speak His written Word and translate it into real life scenarios in your life that give you hope and give you a future. Amen. And so what you need to do is you need to subscribe to God's vision for your future by getting your nose in this book. Don't just come to church Sunday morning and be satisfied with the hearing of God's preaching. Take this Bible with you. Go home with it. Read it every day. Ask the good Holy Ghost to speak to your heart as you're reading it. And you ought to see if it doesn't start popping out like a 3D pop-up book. It'll come to life and it'll start ministering you to you in ways that not even the preaching can minister to you in. It'll start ministering to you in ways that not even personal counseling can do for you. It'll start 
start ministering to you on deep levels in such ways that no song can ever solace your soul by. Read the Word of God and find out that He has promises for you. Amen. You need to cry your last tear over your past pain. Move on from your funeral and realize that God has a future ordered for you. And it's different than your present circumstance and it's certainly different than your past. You not only have a promise, but you have a place. You need to know your bounty. That is, you need to know your place place in the kingdom that God has in mind just for you. As he described to Joshua, the place that he prepared for him, God will describe for you what your assignment is. If you will read his word, if you'll seek him, I'm not always one uh, to just give somebody something to do. I would rather the Holy Ghost speak to your heart and convince you of the ministry that he has put you here for. Because if I give you an assignment, you'll drop it like a hot potato. But if the Holy Ghost gives it to you, you can't get away from it. That's why I preach like this. I'm not going to give you a list of things to do that will make me happy as a pastor. I might ask your assistance from time to time on certain things. But you need to seek God for yourself. And ask him, Lord, where can I fit in? What can I do for the cause of Christ? Where can the church most use my abilities, my talents, my treasure, my time? Find out what your, where your place is at. Amen. God wants an active church. God wants a church that's here to serve and not one that's just here to soak it up. Amen. I, I know we like good preaching. We like good singing and hoorah for all that. Glory to God. Uh, but if you don't leave different than you come, it's all in vain. Amen. If it don't change your life, your perspective, your vision, your hope for a good, a better future and effective ministry and, and being a light for Jesus in your sphere of influence, then we meet in vain. Amen. We want you to know that God has something in mind and he has a place for you in the kingdom. You can seek God and figure it out. God will show you where you can best serve in his kingdom. Not only uh, will you find your promise in the word, not only will you find a place, but you'll find the parameters. I like to say this, no Know your boundaries. I, I want to say it this way. Most people never discover the extremities of their boundaries. Most people settle way too soon and way too quick. They're like the two and a half tribes of Israel that said, you know what? We've, we're tired. Y'all go on into the promised land. We'll, this looks good enough to us. Just, just, y'all just go on. And some people, they don't, they don't experience the fullness that God has for them. They don't tap into the full experience of God's will and purposes and word for their life. And so they, they live unsatisfied because God put something in each of us as his creation uh, that we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we are not satisfied until we have fulfilled the assignment that God allowed us to be born to accomplish. And if you're not there, you'll never be satisfied. You'll always be searching, but how come Christians can seem uh, uh, to deceive themselves into thinking that they're satisfied with less than what God had in mind for them? I think we use excuses as a medicine to quieten the pain of inner frustration. Truth be known, most of us are frustrated because we know we're not living up to our potential. 
we know we're not doing what God has called us to do. And it bothers us. And might I say it ought to. Amen. It ought to bother us. But instead of numbing the pain by more excuses, let's just come open-faced before God and, and, and be honest with God where we're at and say, God, I know I'm not where I need to be, but show me the pathway to get there. And God will begin that work of sanctification in your life. And he will begin to point out things that stand between you and him that are hindering your prayer life, that are hindering your witness, that are hindering your effectiveness. And step by step and little by little, the Holy Spirit of God will chip off anything in your life that doesn't look like Jesus. And you will grow more and more mature as the days go by if you will be consistent in seeking the Lord and say, search me, O God, and know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me and deliver me. Amen. Uh, that's the kind of praying we need to do. Uh, and we need to let the Holy Ghost turn the spotlight on in our hearts and lives uh, and show us where we fall short of his purpose in our life. God has a place for you. God has promises for you. And God has boundaries that reach far beyond the extremities that you've drawn for yourself. Let's just face it. Most, well, Without exception, every man of God in the Bible besides Jesus himself, when God told them their assignment, they thought, you got the wrong guy. There is no way. Moses had his excuses. Amen. Gideon had his excuses. Peter had his excuses. Paul, no doubt, had his excuses. Every one of them had too many blunders to, uh, to mention, too many flaws, too many issues that they thought would keep them from doing what it was that God said he wanted them to do. But yet we forget that he, the same God that calls you and sends you is the same God that will enable you to accomplish his will. And so you need to quit worrying about all of those limitations that you think exist. And if God said do it, God will bust through those limitations and will blow your mind. And when you discover just how effective you can be for God, if you will yield yourself to him, you have your orders. Your future is ordered. Start waking up to the realization that there's more to your Christian experience than what you've experienced to date. Look at verse 5. He goes on and says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. So number one, we said the funeral is over. Number two, we said the future is ordered. And lastly, I want to say the fight is on. Amen. The fight is on. He said, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Simply put, God has you covered from start to finish. He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. God is never going to give up on you. You may give up on yourself, but God does not take counsel from you on when he gives up on you. He takes counsel from no man. He does whatsoever he wills. And when he starts something, 
He finishes what he starts, including his purpose in your life. His calling, his gifts are without repentance. That means that God is not going to change his mind. And some of you know right where you're supposed to be, and you've been running from it your whole life, and God's saying, uh, it's time that you get back home. It's time that you get back in the saddle. It's time that you fight for the King of kings and Lord of lords because you have God's power, you have God's presence, and you have God's provision. What more do you need? You have your orders. Anybody that's in the military knows that when you get your orders, your assignment is to complete your orders. You receive it with a yes, sir, and a a will of steel. No excuses. Am I right, gentlemen? Am I right, ladies? Those of you that are in the military or have served, you get your orders. You ask no questions. You simply do. Amen. Because the one that commanded you also knows the logistics involved in what he's asking you to do. And God will not put on you anything that he will not enable you through his power to accomplish. He said, only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 7. He said in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. In other words, stick to the plan, stick to the book, stick to what I've told you, amen? And a lot of times in the midst of your battle, the devil will try to confuse you, the enemy will try to send mixed signals and cause you to doubt the orders that you receive from headquarters, amen? And he will try to lie to you, and in the darkness, you'll forget what he spoke to you in the light, but you need to always just go back to what God said, because what God said never changes. He is so perfect that he can say it the first time and never have to... To revise what that was that he said. Uh, think about uh, if we served a God uh, that was as crazy as we are. How many of you retract things that you say all the time and revise them? So I didn't really mean it that way. I meant it this way. God needs only speak once and he gets it right every single time. He doesn't have to do any retractions. What he said is what he is saying. What he is saying, he always will say. Because he's that perfect. He's that powerful. He's that all-knowing. You need to understand just how perfect he is. He's flawless. Amen. He is altogether the lovely one of the Son of God and God the Son. Amen. And he has the power to speak a word in your life that stands after all the sifting, after all the doubting, after all the satanic sabotages, after all the battle that you had to go through to complete your mission. At the end of the day, the word of God is still going to be standing and whatever else come up against is going to be crumbling at its feet. So you just go back to what God said. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It didn't even say it shall not depart out of your mind. It didn't say it shall not depart out of your spirit. It didn't say it shall not depart out of your imagination. It said it shall not depart out of your mouth. God wants you to speak his word. Because there's something about articulating God's promise verbally. 
Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And if you don't have a preacher around to invoke faith in you, you can begin to speak the word of God and you're speaking life into your own soul. Amen. And you're hearing the word. There's something powerful about repeating what God said over and over again in your life to keep your mind on track, to keep your spirit on track. Because how many of you know your mind will wonder, your spirit, amen, will sway and your emotions will be topsy-turvy and up and down and this way and that. Uh, but if you'll keep repeating what God said over and over, the Word of God will correct your mind, correct your spirit, correct your soul, and correct your vision. Don't let the Word depart out of your mouth. I encourage you when you're facing a battle of temptation to speak openly, verbally, the Word of God like Jesus did when he rebuked Satan in the wilderness. Amen. Speak the Word. Declare the word over your life. Amen. Learn how to take authority over the enemy. Amen. All we're doing is correcting the incorrect record on earth with the correct record in heaven. When earth is saying something contradictory to heaven, what you got to do to correct the record is verbalize it. And set the record straight and let everybody, including yourself, know and your doubting and wavering mind and your wandering spirit and your emotional, unhealthy self know that what God said still is regardless of all of the changes come, going on around us and in us. Don't ever believe your emotions, especially when you're in a dark season in your life. Your emotions will convince you that some people are convinced that they need to take their own life. Some people are convinced that they need to take medication. Some people are convinced of this. Some people are convinced of that. Some people are convinced that they just need to give up on their marriage and just let it go. Some people get convinced of all kinds of things because they're allowing the topsy-turvy turf of their emotional man steer their life with uh, wavering decisions. What they need to do is go back to the book because it still says the same thing it always said and God was right the first time. And live by that book and you correct your heart. You correct your mind. You correct your spirit. You correct your emotions with God's word. And you stand on it when you can't feel it. You stand on it when you can't understand it. You, can't, you stand on it when it doesn't make sense to you. You stand on it when you don't, you're not in a spiritual high. Amen. You stand on it when you're in the depths of hell. But you stand on God's word and don't let it depart from you. Amen. Verse 9, it said, have not I commanded thee. That God would say that to us, have not I commanded you? He's saying, hey, what did I already say? Have you ever asked God for something? He tells you, and you're happy, and then two days later, you're questioning whether or not you even heard from God. And you go back to him, and he don't say, he don't say nothing that time. You know why he don't say nothing that time? Because he already said it. Why should God stutter when he's so perfect he don't have to say it but once? He's patient with us. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes he repeats it just because we're just that. I'm just that stupid sometimes. I'll speak for myself. Amen. We're just that ignorant sometimes. But God ain't going to change his mind. Stand on his word. Trust him. You have your orders. You have your assignment. You have God's word on it. What more can you ask for? If you wait for favorable circumstances, it'll never happen. If you wait on an emotional experience, it may never happen. If you wait for clearness of mind, it will never happen. Amen. If you wait for 
some sign in the sky, it's likely never to happen. What God is wanting, hey, he said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there shall no sign be given them but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as he was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so shall also the uh, Son of Man be in the belly of the earth three days and three nights, and he'll rise again. In other words, he said, the only sign you're going to be given is the living word of God. Is that not who Jesus was on resurrection morn? The living word of God. The resurrected Savior. That's all you need. All you need is the word of God. Jesus Christ. He said it and that settles it. There was a bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. They got it kind of mixed up. It's that, God said it, that settles it whether I believe it or not. Amen. Amen. I don't need to believe it for it to be settled. It's settled in heaven. Rest assured that God's word stands when all else fails. Trust him today. Can I get an amen? Some things that you need to remember as you're going. And I'm going to close with these points. Number one, get your spiritual wounds dressed and healed up and get back in the fight. Number two, hurry up and die to the flesh so that you can begin to live in resurrection power. Number three, determine what seed stage you're in and prepare to move forward in your journey with God. Number four, create and cultivate an atmosphere of life for you and those around you by speaking words of life and hope from the truths of the word of God. In other words, quit your mully grub and start declaring God's word over it. And then number five, I want you to know you have your orders. What else are you waiting on? What else are you waiting on? If you need those notes, we'll put them on the website for you to look over later. But I want you to understand something. God is saying to this church, God's saying to you as an individual, it's time to serve me. If you haven't been, get busy. If you have been, seek the Lord on how you can be more effective. Keep pressing in. Amen. Don't be looking for reasons to get out. Amen. Rumor has it that some uh, may feel like we're too busy now as a church. Some may feel like we're too active. We're asking too much. But God is asking us. How can we ever say that God's asking too much of us? How can we ever say that God is asking too much for us? When the Bible clearly states uh, that we're to be living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. I want to say this. God is not being unreasonable. How can we look to the cross and see that God gave it all and then say that he would ever ask us too much? I don't think he asks enough of us. I think grace is too easy on us sometimes. I mean, God's perfect, don't get what I'm saying. In my human understanding, that's how I would say that. It's probably not doctrinally right, but, but you get what I'm saying. I think sometimes, amen, we ought to get the woodshed and the Holy Ghost is loving on us and say, boy, if, if I can't whoop you straight, maybe I can love you straight. Amen. So you know what I'm saying? We act like God asks too much of us. We act like the church is demanding too much of us. All we're trying to do is rally the troops and inspire people to provoke one another into love and the good works for the glory of God. There's no big eyes. There's no little use. Amen. Uh, 
I may be the pastor, but I'm a servant. God help me to serve. I don't want to be a lord over God's heritage, barking orders and strutting my stuff and sticking out my chest and saying, I am pastor, hear me roar. No. If God would help me, and I, I do a pitiful job at it sometimes, I want to lead by example, and I want to have servanthood leadership. I don't want to just tell you what God wants us to do. I want to try to show you, and y'all pray that I'll be able to do that because I don't always do a good job at it. But is that not what Jesus did? And is that not what he would ask of each and every one of us? When can we ever say, well, that wasn't for me. I hope that everybody here goes home thinking, man, that, what he said about this or that, that really hit home with me. I got some work to do. Amen. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCuddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.